<laughs> what a moment.
I'm doing my ministry. I mean, it's, this is what I'm doing. And, and, and the Bible says that the Lord will bless you. good we just wanted to for some of you we just really wanted to tell the story of where we started from and kind of the journey we've taken over the last 12 years because some of you don't know you've never you've never heard the story you've never known what people have gone through I even learned some things about Pastor Bubba and Tracy that I didn't know when we were shooting this film and so it's just good but let me let me finish up our series this morning um, heart for the house with go make disciples now don't don't start Worrying, I'm not going 20, 30 minutes. We'll say preach, Pastor. Come on, preach. It's 5, 10, 15, 20. This morning's title is, is entitled, Go Make Disciples. And I want to talk to you quickly about making disciples. How do you know when your children grow up? Good question, huh? How do you know if they're getting it? How do you know if they... What'd you say? When they listen, <laughs> Whew. it's a long road. You know, it's it's when they take responsibility for their own life. You know, it was great for us whenever our kids went from diapers, they went out of diapers. You know, for me, diapers is like the most demonic thing there ever is. I despise them. I'm like, just look, just let them run around naked and blow everywhere as they go. I mean, it just, <laughs> anyway. 
But once they got out of diapers, then, you know, they, they start, and you still got to take care of them. But it's a glorious day when they can find something in the refrigerator for themselves. Amen? When they can start going to the bathroom by themselves. When you're sitting at a restaurant, they just bring your steak and potato out, and your kid goes, I'm going to use the bathroom. And you don't have to bring them. Praise God. <laughs> they can find the bathroom. That, they, when they start to take responsibility for their own life, right? That's when they start to grow up. So how do you how do you know when Christians grow up? <laughs> when they take responsibility for their own life. Amen. Come on. Is that good? A true sign of maturity is when you start taking care of your own relationship with Jesus and you stop coming to church for your one day fix. Come on. It's when you start breaking the word open and spending a little bit of time with Jesus during the week. Instead of just on Sundays. It's when you start singing in the car all by yourself. Some of you think, God, it's by yourself. (laughs) So why do we go? Why do we go and make disciples? Well, number one, it's it's Christ's mission. It was Christ's mission to make disciples. You know, one of the, the mission he came to this earth and became like us was to do what? Was to, de- to develop some disciples, to raise up some disciples, to make disciples that he could entrust the what to? The church. He came to build a church, right? The body of Christ. Come on, don't, don't let me lose you. Jesus Christ came to this earth to, to build the church, the body of Christ. How did he do that? He made disciples. It was his mission. What did he do? He prayed. And then he went and he asked. He said, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Come on. Discipleship's not like this. This isn't discipleship. Uh, I got blonde hair. They got blonde hair. Let's make a disciple. Discipleship starts with prayer. It starts with you have to be on mission. You got to know that it's Jesus Christ's mission for us to make disciples. Amen? Matthew 28, 18 to 20 says that Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So not only did Jesus say, go make disciples, but first thing he says, all authority on earth and in heaven has been given to me. Think about that. All authority has been given to me. Now go. Now that I've got all the authority, he says, go make disciples. And then what's the promise at the end? Don't worry. Don't stress. I will be with you the whole time. Are you getting this? Jesus ain't going to send you out to make disciples and to stay at home. Come on. He's going to send you out, and then he's going to be with you. That's what the Bible says, right? Maybe if you're hungry for the presence of God, you need to step out and start discipling somebody. Maybe when you sit down and and you read your Bible and you pray and you don't sense anything, maybe it's because God's saying, well, when you step out and do something, I'll come along with you. Hmm. Some of us want to run to every little thing happening around in the church world to try and catch this feeling of the presence of God. When the whole time he's saying, if you'll just step out of your comfort zone, go make a disciple, 
I will be with you always. Let me tell you something. I am the closest to Jesus when I am doing and fulfilling his mission. When I'm doing his work, he is with me. Now, is he always with me? Yes, he's always with me. But his presence is here. I sense him closer. Are you hearing me? When I step out and I sacrifice my afternoon on maybe a Monday night football game to go sit down with another man and speak into his life, Jesus is with me. It's much better than the Saints winning on Monday night. Come on. He's with me. He's close. You want to be close to God? Get close to him. Step out and do something. Make disciples. That's his promise. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. In other words, he's not running out of time. Luke 14, 23 says, So his master said, Go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. Some of us want to know what our ministry is. Some of us want to know what our calling is. Some of you will never find out until you step out and do something. I remember telling somebody one time, they came through the next step class, and they were like, so I don't know what I'm called to do inside the house. I really don't know. I said, well, look, we got a need in the sound department. I said, how about you go serve in the sound department, and in the midst of your serving, God's going to tell you what you're passionate about. Are you hearing me? Stop waiting. Stop waiting. Step out and do something. Jesus didn't say go make disciples when you're ready. He said go make disciples. Number two, it's our mission. God wants to fill his house up. Listen to me. He wants to populate heaven and deplete hell. Are you hearing me? Populate heaven. Number two, it's our mission. 1 Peter 2, 9. I'm sorry, I skipped one. There's no verse for that one. That was awkward. It's our mission. So let me, let me, let me show you something here. You see the empty seat next to you? Some of you don't have an empty seat. And I do that on purpose. I'm not putting out seats until we fill these up, by the way. We're going to get out of our comfort zone. But there's empty seats next to you. I want you to just put your hand on that seat and say this with me real quick. Or just extend your hand towards an empty seat. Say this with me. Say, Lord, fill this seat. You know why there's an empty seat? Because somebody's supposed to be there. That's not there. That's why there's an empty seat. Now, for some of you, it's because the kids went up and went to children's church. Let me give you this, and this ought to blow your mind. There's 19,829 people in St. Landry Parish that have no church. Or religious affiliation. Let me break that to you in good old Cajun terms. There's 20,000 people that if Jesus comes back right now, they're going to hell. That's a hard pill to swallow, ain't it? Think about that. If Jesus walked back right now, if he came back right now, 
20,000 people just in St. Landry Parish would bust the gates of hell wide open. You know, some of those people live next door to you. Some of those people check you out at the grocery store. Some of those people are flipping your burger you're going to go eat after church. We didn't start this church in Eunice to reach other church people, even though they come and God moves people around. We planted this church to reach the lost. To reach the lost. You hear us talk a lot about building buildings. The reason we want to build buildings is because we want to make room for the lost. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why it's important to make disciples. That's why purposefully Cheryl and I have taken some of the leaders in this church and we've spent some one-on-one time with them. We've invested almost three years now just pouring into people. Because I can't stand here and say that you need to go make a disciple if I'm not discipling somebody. Amen? It's our mission as a church to go and make disciples. That's why we exist. Everything you see printed points towards making disciples. We love to make disciples. We're a disciple-making church. That's what we do. If anybody says, what kind of church is that? That's a disciple-making church. We believe in the power of discipleship. Are you getting this? The moment we start focusing on ourselves and our needs is the moment we start going backwards. We got to get concerned about the lost, people. Come on, amen? We need to get excited about the lost. We need to go, we need to go everywhere we go on mission. Come on, when you leave church today, you need to know that I'm on a mission. If you're going to the Hacienda, that's the Mexican restaurant. They got good nachos, number three, real good. No veggies. Extra meat, cheese. If you're going to do it, do it right. But you might be going to the Hacienda. You need to know that you're going on mission. Are you going there for a purpose? Yeah, you're going there to fill that emptiness in your stomach. But know this, that you're always on mission. You're always on a purpose. What is that purpose? To tell somebody about Jesus. To be Jesus to people that never saw him before. Come on. At Popeye's. Jesus shows up at Popeye's. We're always on mission. The church is not a museum. It's a, it's a movement. Amen? We don't want people in here just to come and observe. We want them to join and sacrifice and help advance the kingdom of God. Come on. Number three, it's good to be or it's got to be your mission. Let me, let me share something which is kind of brutal, but I think we all know it's Christ's mission to make disciples. And I think it's pretty clear that you know our Savior's church is all about making disciples, right? The question is, is it your mission to make disciples? Are you being discipled? Mm-hmm. I love this. Because it puts you right where you are. Are you being discipled? 
Have you opened up your life to somebody else? And don't give me some weird spiritual answer. Well, I'm discipled by the Holy Spirit. Come on, man. Who's speaking into your life? Are you being discipled? Mm-hmm. It's like a pot of gumbo. We're just going to let that marinate for a little rude. Just going to let that sit there and just kind of, we might stir it up a little bit. Just let it come to a boil. You know what I like in my gumbo is when the gumbo's cooked and you get it rolling real good, you crack a couple eggs open in there. It's good, huh? So are you being disciple? It's got to be your mission. First Peter chapter 2 says, for you are chosen people. I'll say it again. You are a chosen people. Not a frozen people. A chosen people. I said that because you need to stop being cold. You need to stop being stiff. The world sees Christians as cold, stiff-necked people that don't give a rip about nobody else but themselves. I'm on a mission to break that reputation, amen? Come on, my mission is to show somebody I'm a believer of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what? You can punch me in the nose. And if it's a good day, I might not punch you back. But I might, but then I'll come back and repent, I promise. Hey, Peter was with Jesus, and he still cut a man's ear off. Pray for me. First Peter chapter 2 says, for your chosen people, watch this, you are a royal priest. Come on, let, let's, let's do this. Say, the, say this with me. Say, I'm a chosen people. I'm a royal priest. Now you didn't say that good enough. I'm a chosen people. I'm a royal priest. You're not a royal pain in the... You're a royal priest. Come on. You know, I believe our biggest problem is we forget who we are. Mm. We let our problems, our circumstances, our situations dictate to us who we are. I didn't get a promotion, so God don't love me. I'm no longer a royal priest. I'm no longer a chosen people. My tire went flat. God don't love me. You laughing. But I know people that crumble under just a little bit of pressure. It don't matter what's breaking loose in your life. It don't matter who doesn't like you anymore. You're still a chosen people. You're still a royal priest. It still hasn't changed God's mind about you. It might have changed your mind, but it hasn't changed his mind about who you are. And I believe when we start acting like who we are, we're going to see some incredible things happen. When we start believing that we're going to work on a mission and not just to make a check, We got to get past the paycheck. I've worked for some of the ruthless, toothless people you'll ever know. And I was there for a mission. I remember the night I got filled with the Holy Ghost. The next morning I went back to work. 
And there was this guy, I used to call him Grape Ape. He was bigger than me. But he was literally built like Grape Ape. You remember the cartoon character, Grape Ape? Grape Ape. And I used to call him Grape Ape. What's up, Grape Ape? Me and Grape Ape were standing on the train tracks in Kinder, Louisiana, doing the road construction, going through there. And before we got on our equipment, filled just the, that night, filled with the Holy Spirit, I started preaching Jesus to him on the train tracks. Grape Ape. He was bigger than me. I don't know where Grape Ape is today, but I know this much. I took a seed and I put it in the dirt in his life. And I'm trusting God's going to come back around and put some water on top of that. For all I know, Grape Ape might be filled with the Holy Ghost preaching to somebody on the tracks. I don't know. I hope so. Are you hearing me? I'm a chosen people, a royal priest. I should hold my head up high. I should know that I walk with authority. I've got more authority than the president. I can do greater things than the president. So I'm going to say, well, that ain't going to take much. Probably shouldn't have said that. I need to cut that off. To I'm a royal priest. You know what a royal priest is? The royal priest back in the times when the Bible was written was responsible for hearing from God and giving a word from God for the people. And guess what? There's no more royal priest around. You are the royal priest. Amen? That means that you're supposed to get a word from God for yourself, for your family, and for those that are around you. Come on. That means you have authority. You have spiritual authority on this earth. Stop crying about your boss. Stop crying about your job. Stop crying about your circumstances and walk like a child of the king. I've had times when I've been as broke as you could be and nobody around me knew it. You've heard my story about the $20 bill and the, and the blow pops for children's church. You remember that story? I was as broke as I could be. I was making $13 an hour. Driving a Volkswagen diesel to work. Yeah, that was before God really blessed me and put me in a Ford. That's also back when I could fit in a Volkswagen Jetta diesel. <laughs> that was something. It was like giving birth every time I got out of that thing. <laughs> anyway. But as broke as I was, I still knew I was on mission. I still knew I had a purpose. Are you hearing me? Did I want to grumble? Did I want to gripe? Did I want to complain? Heck yeah. And I did several times. I have no more money in my checking account today than I did that day. It's not about my checking account. It's about my account in heaven. That's what it's about. That's where my money goes. My money goes to the house of God. That's where my service goes, to the house of God. 
You heard me say in that video, I thought ministry started when you got a title. I didn't realize the whole time I was at our Savior's church from day one, I was in the ministry. Busting walls down in this building so you could come in here and be comfortable was my ministry. I gave my time. I'd work all day and come here and spend three or four hours scraping. We told the insulation guy to spray the beams right here with that insulation up there. And when we came in, it looked like a hairy monster in here. And Pastor Bob was like, no, scrape it off. I remember working a 10, 12-hour day, coming over here to, for another three or four hours, scraping each one of these beams. I'm not bragging about me. I'm trying to get you to understand something. That my whole life, I've given into service, and God has never left me hanging. I am closer to God today than I have ever been. It doesn't go according to my title. It doesn't go according to my, my checking account. It doesn't go according to whether, where I live. That has nothing to do with whether or not I'm close to God. Where's your heart? a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, watch this, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You know why he called you all those names? It's so that he could say this, as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. Because a person that believes there are no good piece of trash can't show anybody anything good. People that are beat up and defeated can't show any goodness. It's only people that know who they are in Jesus that can go and show the goodness of God. Amen? See, you have to receive goodness in order to give goodness. I'll say that again. You have to receive goodness in order to give goodness. In other words, you have to receive the goodness of God. That means you need to believe who you are in Christ. You need to believe that when the Bible calls you a royal priest, you are a royal priest. You're a chosen people, a holy nation. Amen? Matthew 5.13 says this, You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Light is never defeated by darkness unless you cover up the light, right? Have you ever turned the lights on in your house and had full power? You paid the electric bill. <laughs> you know it's going to stay on for 30 days. And it get dark outside and, it, and the darkness overwhelmed the light in your house. Have you ever had that? Darkness can't defeat light unless light is either turned off or covered. Amen? You're the light of the world. You're the hope of this world. There's 20,000 lost people in our parish, and you're the light. You're the salt.
Matthew 6, 21 says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Our treasure is where our heart is. Amen? If your heart is for the house of God, then your treasure is for the house of God. Amen? Y'all told me 20 minutes. Y'all couldn't last another 20 minutes. Y'all ran out of gas on me. As we prepare to receive our miracle offering, guys, would you bring the basket to the front? <clears throat> just want to ask you something. If Jesus was willing to give his life for his house, is it possible that he's asking us to do the same? I want you to give your money. I'm not going to hide that fact. I believe you need to give it for yourself and not for me or the church or anybody else. You need to give it because you need to step out and give a miracle. Are you hearing me? But just as importantly, I want your gift. Not your financial gift. I want your gift, your ability, your talent, your calling, your ministry. I want you to give that this morning. Are you hearing me? I want you to step out today. If you're not being discipled, find somebody that can make disciples. Pray about it. Ask God who that person needs to be and get somebody to disciple you. And as soon as that happens, turn around and start praying about who you need to disciple. And start discipling somebody. You want to be close to Jesus? Start making disciples. Give your life for the life of others. Last night in the wedding, I was speaking to the, the groom. And, and the Bible talks about husbands ought to lay their lives down or to love their wives like Christ loved the church. And I looked at that guy who was marrying my cousin, and I said it with natural authority, <laughs> and I said it with spiritual authority. I said, you need to lay your life down for her. Emotionally, physically, spiritually, you need to protect her. God's calling us to do the same thing, to lay our lives down for his mission. Amen? So stand up with me this morning. Matt's just going to continue to pray, and I just want you to come up here, and I want you to bring your offering, your miracle offering. If you want to come to the front and bring your spiritual gift or your natural gift, you want to bring your sacrifice, you want to lay your life down for this, then the altar's open. I'm not just worried about envelopes this morning. Are you hearing me? I want your heart. I want your heart. I want you to give your life to something. Everybody can do something. Amen?